Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Chris Rudigrop, co-founder and CEO of Sendoso. Chris, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Really excited to be on. Great to have you. So tell us about the company. Tell us about Sendoso. Yeah. So Sendoso, we're a sending platform which helps other companies send out direct mail and gifts um, and other personal items to help build relationships, drive engagement, and really stand out from all the, the digital noise that's out there. So started the company about five years ago after being in sales myself for about 10 years. Okay. Awesome. So having spent some time on your website, the two words that I think appear most are engaged or engagement and relationships. And the connection between those two words, I think, is that companies need to engage prospects in order to build the kind of relationships with them that are going to convert into sales. So first, let's define those terms. What, what does engage or engagement mean to you? Yeah, so I think engage is really, it, it really encompasses like getting someone's attention and hopefully providing a more meaningful moment that drives an interaction. So you're really hoping, how can I, you know, whether it's a prospect, a customer, even an employee, how do you really create a moment that matters? And how do you really create an interaction that can either drive the result you're looking for, if that's what you're going after in a conversion, or just, you know, leaves a positive sentiment with that recipient thereafter. Okay. And what about relationships? Yeah, so I think a relationship is to, it can be like the outcome of driving engagements. You want to build relationships. Um, I think people buy from people. And so you really want to, uh, at the end of the day, uh, relationships are uh, key to business, um, especially in such a digital world we live in where everyone's behind a computer and you, you get a little bit less of that human interaction. And so whatever, whatever you can do to just build better relationships is going to just help you immensely in business. Okay. So I want to explore the psychology behind what you just said. You're exactly right, of course. It's a truism in sales that relationships really matter. People buy, for, buy from people and especially from people that they feel they know a little bit and trust and, and that they like. Exactly. But why is that? Why do relationships matter in sales, sort of from a psychological point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to a couple of things. I think it's one is just the human psyche. You know, you're you're drawn into someone who you can relate to or that is putting effort into building that relationship. I think that's just part of human nature is that, you know, we're a, a social being. And so having a relationship is going to, you know, help you in, in what you want to do. And I think that it also boils down to, uh, especially in a very competitive world where there's lots and lots of different products and services you could buy. In some cases, the relationship can help differentiate enough to where you, you want to buy this product. Maybe it's even more expensive than a, a competing product, but that relationship, that person uh, provided you a better, you know, buying experience or was more personable and so you, you want to buy from that person versus that company. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. People have all kinds of relationships in their lives, friends, yeah. family, spouses, all that stuff. And then there are these kind of relationships that we're talking about. And I want to just dig down a little bit more. What do we, and I asked you before to define the term relationship, yeah. which you did, what kind of relationships are we talking about exactly? Because it's not, it's not a friend exactly, although it can be friendly. 
it's not family, obviously. Like, what kind of familiarity are you trying to build with a prospect? Yeah, I mean, I think fr- uh, friend-ish might be like you, because I think in a lot of cases, and I'll attest to this, that I have some customers that are, I would call my friends. Like, I'm actually going to a wedding of one of our customers who's been a customer from the beginning and has also in, uh, been to an, uh, now an advisor. And so there's uh, a very, you know, that's like maybe the, the best case scenario if you can become friends with your customers, right. I think. But I, I think from a sales perspective, you get a few months to really build that rapport and really, you know, depending on your sales cycle, become kind of friends-ish. And then for good salespeople, it just doesn't stop then. You know, you're checking in with that uh, new customer from time to time. They switch jobs and you want to continue building that relationship. So I think the best salespeople are the ones that are best at creating relationships because they know that they can go back to that person for a reference, go back to that person for a referral, go back to that person and, you know, ask them about an introduction and, 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 or if they switch companies. So, you know, I think for the the best salespeople, you're looking at this as not like a, a transaction or a sprint, but more of a marathon where this person could be, you know, this could be a relationship for a long time. Yeah. Okay. So there are elements of friendship there. Yes. Kind of friendish, like you said, or it can shade into that. You know, to my mind, and, and in my experience too, there's also an important element of trust. Yes. And sort of like guidance, right? That mm-hmm. the part of the nature of that relationship, even though you know that there's in the background some kind of transactional element to it, or that there could be at some point, the, the kind of relationships that I feel like I have in in my business life are those folks who. I could just ping with like a question, you know, or say, hey, well, I'm, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? You know, there's no transaction involved at that point. It's just, I trust that person. I think they're smart. There is a fine line there though, too. And you need to make sure that you aren't overly friendly because I think that could also cause a negative ramification in some cases where you're, you know, there's a, a lack of professionalism perhaps, um, especially if you know who you're talking to and they maybe aren't as reciprocating in in this kind of friendship environment. So I think it's as equally as important to know when to, you know, talk about the, you know, a a basketball team that just, you know, played last night and kind of be on a more something that you'd talk to your buddy with and when to, you know, take a step in the other direction and really be professional and focused on the conversation at hand and delivering value and outcome in in terms of what that prospect really wants and, and that and what they're looking to get out of that too. Right. And you really need to gauge that on a case by case basis. Exactly. Exactly. It's not just a, you know, one, one rule applies to everything. It's really an individualistic kind of approach. And I think, again, that goes back to being the best salespeople are the ones that can kind of read the room and figure out who are the people that they need to be more friendly with and talk about sports and who are the ones that they want to have a more strict professional demeanor with. Yeah, because so, for one prospect, chatting about sports could come across as just stupid chit chat. Like, come on, exactly. I know what you're doing. Just get to the point. And for someone else, it might actually be like, yeah, that's a that's a fun exchange. Exactly. Yeah. So now, okay. Now you guys specialize in. You're a platform for helping shorten the sales cycle by sending personalized gifts, things like that. Not only gifts, but but things like that, and. <laughs> Help me understand more, again, the psychology of what role that plays in helping develop these relationships. Because there are other models that might be more focused, say, on like thought leadership. Right? Mm-hmm. 
you guys are more focused. It's, it seems to me on sending like, here's an awesome box of cookies, you know, or here's like a personalized gift box with all kinds of cool stuff in it. Yep. I, and I can see from one perspective, someone who doesn't, you know, who hasn't done that might think like, why am I going to spend my time on that? That just seems kind of frivolous, but obviously it's not because you guys have built a whole business around it. So how, and how does that work? And more importantly, why does that work? Yeah. So I think it's, again, it goes back to a couple of different factors and it, and it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. You mentioned the use case of like accelerating the sales cycles, um, which is one use case where we're really building the relationship and providing, you know, some more unique touch points, you know, a, a box of ch- uh, cookies in the sales process really creates this all encompassing buying experience where maybe the competitor didn't do that. You also might leverage us for breaking into an account. You know, if, if a competitor or someone else is sending a bunch of emails and you use Sendoso to send something, you know, unique and, and more interesting, it breaks through that noise and grabs their attention and it, and it helps you book that meeting. I think you can also use this as a mechanism to forethought leadership. So if, uh, we have a lot of customers where the CEO's written a book and they're sending a book through our platform with maybe a, a post-it note on one of the pages and saying, hey, check out this book. I think this is relevant for you. Or we do a lot of print-on-demand like case studies and eBooks that actually land on someone's desk. And so you're reading through a nicely printed bound, you know, 10-page white paper versus just a PDF. So I think thought leadership can be um, also done thoughtfully through uh, mailers and as part of gifts as well, when you think about uh, books and, and other means too. Okay, well, that's interesting. So that's kind of looking at the, the pack- how you package your thought leadership content. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, a, as, a way to, as a way to differentiate. Yeah. And I, I mean, outside of that, you mentioned the psychology of gifting. There's stuff around just reciprocating when you get something, you feel a, a little bit more compelled to get back. Or, you know, oftentimes you don't get that many gifts because one, it costs money and two, it takes time and effort. So that person's putting the, the greater effort into what are they going to send? What's the messaging? And so because it does cost something, it's it's not unlimited. Like in emails, you might get unlimited emails because they're free. And so you, you, you see that as, you know, less, maybe less compelling of, a, of an outreach. But when someone goes to the trouble of sending you something really nice, including a nice uh, handwritten note, especially if it's relevant and, and on point, then it, it provides you with a little bit more, again, going back to that human psyche of like, hey, this person put, put a little time into it. Let me take a look at this and at the very least reply and ultimately get the, the you know, drive an interaction or an engagement. Hmm. You know, I would think, too, that in an increasingly virtual world, and mm-hmm. especially given the past year when just yeah. everything all of a sudden became virtual all the time, yep. that there's value in getting an actual object, a thing. There's mm-hmm. a tactile sensation. It's kind of like the difference between getting a birthday card in the mail, like an actual yes. card, and someone just texting you or sending you, you know, God forbid, like an e-card, which is the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the e-card, you're like, okay, but the actual card, you're going to open it. It's, it's cool to get a piece of mail or even just to get a package in the mail, right? Even, like from Amazon, it's always yeah, cool exactly. to get it and open it. I would think that's part of the psychology too, that it's like, oh, an actual thing yeah. that I can handle. I think Amazon has done a good job of kind of, you know, mentally, you know, making all these people around the world excited to get something in the mail and, and, and have boxes where they're like, oh, I got something I need to open it up. And so we've yeah. been 
kind of conditioned to like, oh, there's a box, let me open it. And, you know, you're looking forward to that. Yeah, even if it's just some pedestrian thing that you order, yeah. still the fact that it arrived and you, it, I think it taps into something very basic, like when you're a little kid and it's your birthday and you open presents. Exactly. It's just yeah. super fun, right? That's a very good comparable. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I want to ask you a couple of sort of rapid fire questions and sure. just, we're not going to discuss them too much, just kind of off the top of your head. Let's see what you come up with. Okay. So one, what's a commonly held belief about engaging prospects that you passionately disagree with? I would, I would probably go with, I see a lot of people saying cold calling is dead. That's a big topic where people say don't cold call anymore. And our SDR team does a lot of cold calling and makes a lot of meetings that way. So I would disagree with people that say cold calling is dead. Okay, I good. I said I wasn't well. Okay. I said I wasn't going to discuss it, but I think I agree with you on that one kind of similar to getting a tactile thing in the mail, which we don't Mm -hmm. do much anymore. Getting an actual call from someone's like, whoa, somebody called me. It's kind of unusual. Okay. If you were going to write a book, what would it be about? I I would probably write a book about maybe my experience as an entrepreneur, but I'd probably take a a, a step in a direction. I've always wanted to write a book around what I would call like the penny theory, which is something that is really looking at kind of good luck and using good luck as like a an omen to kind of continue to, to accelerate where you are and create more opportunities for yourself. I, I, th- I actually really liked the, I don't know if you've seen Matthew McConaughey's book on uh, green lights, which mm. on that same mental theory of like, oh, you keep getting green lights when you're driving. You know, it's like you're, you're hitting all of the, the good luck of, of the lights. And I, I kind of believe in that notion and think there could be an interesting book around you know, entrepreneurs that kind of get lucky, but like take that luck with them and are kind of opportunistic when luck happens. Okay. Good idea. You could write that book for real. What's the biggest problem you or your team solved in the past year? I think one of the biggest ones is we opened up a new warehouse facility that was uh, about about 200,000 square feet over a million uh, square feet racked up space. And so that is, you know, you know, most software companies don't have to deal with like the logistic uh, footprint of physical too. So while we have this amazing software business that most of our customers see, we have the behind the scenes warehousing and fulfillment. So it's, uh, you know, it's not an easy task at times. And so that was a a huge new facility that we had to open up and really scale out to, to meet the demands of our customers. So it's an interesting business because we're part software, part logistics. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. And finally, what's one question that you wish that I had asked you? One question, maybe one question. How about what's my, that's a, that's a tough one. Maybe like what's my favorite, you know, send idea for Sendoso or what's my favorite. I don't know. Yeah. We'll go with that one. Okay. Well, actually then let me ask you, since you guys have been doing this company, what's like the coolest send package gift that you've seen a company do? Yeah. So, so some of the ones that come off the top of my head, we've done this one where there's like these mini Lego figures like that look like the prospect. So we try to model them after like prospects LinkedIn photo, which was pretty cool. We've also got this one, my favorite is like a nice bottle of wine and there's a lock on top of it. And so uh, once you take the meeting, you get the combo code to get into the lock. Uh. So you're like having this like nice bottle of wine that you really want, but it's a kind of a fun, I think that's a fun one too. Anyone that are kind of like interactive seem fun to me at times. Yeah. Those are cool ideas. I like Lego figures. That's Mm -hmm. fun. Everybody loves Legos. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. 
Okay, Chris, so final thoughts based on your experience as an entrepreneur and with Sendozo, what's something that our listeners can begin doing right now today to improve how they're engaging with prospects? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I'm on right now, I'm on a hundred customer roadshow. It's virtual, but I've I've visited about 90 customers so far in the last month. So quite a busy schedule, but I think knowing your customers will ultimately drive to knowing your market better and ultimately driving more sales and more customer acquisition. So I think, you know, whatever you can do to go meet as many customers as you can, as, as often as you can is important. And, I, you know, I rolled it up into a, a hundred customer roadshow. So it was a nice forcing function where I'm going to go meet a hundred customers. I've got a, you know, a strategy and a, you know, a playbook for what I'm going to talk to them about. And, you know, I've learned a lot through that process. So. Okay. Really cool. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no better way to engage customers or prospects than literally meeting with them, even if it's through a screen and and talking with them. Exactly. Awesome. Very cool. Chris, thanks so much for your time and for a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.